0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Andy. The Lakers have started the second half of the season the same way they started the first, horribly. Uh, They lose 125 to 116 uh, in Sacramento on Wednesday night. LeBron James looked tired. Russell Westbrook looked terrible. Uh, But if you're looking for a little silver lining, Russ actually did provide one, uh, at least uh, regarding his performances. We'll get to all of that next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. We get this thing up for you as early as we possibly can, Uh, and even on uh, on a day like Thursday, Andy, when uh, maybe you're listening out of anger, maybe you're listening out of uh, sheer disappointment.
1: Look, man, you Uh, we're we're here. You get too pissed off, you know, before you know it, you're knocking over a liquor store or something like that. So we're trying to prevent that from happening.
0: Right. Or uh, give you something to listen to in
1: the getaway car, <laughs> however <laughs> however it goes for you. Uh, yeah, um, I, as somebody who's always, you know this about me, Brian, I've always had this fantasy of being a wheelman. Yes. Like, that, like that's, it, it, it's not a joke. I've always... No, it's true. If it doesn't work out, that's part yeah, of me. I've always wanted to be the wheelman in a getaway car, and... With the possible exception of uh, what they presented that life as in Baby Driver, mm-hmm. it's made very clear you don't have anything on that might distract you. There's no music. There's no podcast. No NPR. Like, nothing. You got to keep your eyes focused on the road. Your your mind strong. Yeah, I, I, I would like to be an art thief. I feel, I feel like that would be kind of That's cool. up there for me, too. I would love to be a good, like, an art thief. Um, you know anyway, I don't think, I mean... I don't think either one of us is quite suave enough to be an art thief. Like, I, you watch, I, like, I don't uh, know enough about art. I'm stealing You, you the watch stuff. the Thomas Crown affair. <laughs> like, you, you really realize, like, that that's a lifestyle for the very suave, the exceptionally handsome. Basically, I, I was about to say, scene. I don't
0: consider myself an <laughs> ugly person. I, you know, I, you know,
1: I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know,
0: Brad Pitt. Just finish not, your you know. sentence. <laughs> but, like, I am not art thief handsome. <laughs> yeah. <know. laughs> it's just like, that's a whole.
1: It's a very specific type yeah. of criminal, hunky.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the criminals uh, of 2022 calendar is filled with art themes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we'll get to Russell Westbrook. A friend of mine just sent me a, a link to uh, a Reddit page that just says, Westbrook, 8 points, 14.3% field goal uh, percentage, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 0% three-point. I, I had a chance to scroll through a couple of the comments. Andy, people are upset. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely talk about Russ. Um, we'll talk about LeBron, but let's talk about this game too because um, you know when we talked about our predictions for the second half of the season, both of us had the Lakers finishing sixth. Um, both of us acknowledged that the Lakers have a much more difficult schedule ahead of them. Uh, And we've been acknowledging for a while now that games like Wednesday against crappy teams, the Kings suck. They really do. Um, Are arguably, not even really arguably, I think, more important than, say, an upcoming game against Utah or the one against Brooklyn they've got on the road or whatever it might be these are the games that they cannot afford to lose and so in some ways i i think this to me was at the risk of recency bias the worst most disappointing loss of the year among many candidates
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny brian you you and i were talking offline you know listening to the various post game press conferences trying to uh nail down what we wanted to get into tonight like the specifics of it and you mentioned that and my response was basically I don't know off the top of my head if I can make that definitive of a statement, but I'm not going to argue with you either. (laughs) Like I'm I'm not going to fight you on that uh, on that contention. Right. I'll tell you why. Here's me.
0: Here's why um first of all they got off to a tremendously good start i mean they look i was watching this game actually while my my son was at soccer practice i had it on my phone i was watching like they look good they're moving well defensively The the offense is kind of clicking and humming and you know got you know the ball movement is good tht not forcing the ball reeves making like everything looked really good and they looked like they were in position to take care of this game and you know you get into the second quarter and they, you know, they have a bad end of the first quarter, they have a terrible end of the second quarter. And you know, this bled into the bad end of the third quarter. We're at a point in the season where giving away games, losing the advantage in games against bad teams is growing more and more and more consequential, particularly because you don't get the feeling that they're going to steal that many games from the good ones. So you know, knowing what's at stake, knowing where they are, and knowing the consequences potentially of losing games like this, and they went ahead and played tri- just god awful defense uh, <laughs> throughout th- throughout this game after the first quarter. I just, I you know, it's too late in the year for this kind of BS, and they are not good enough. And you know, when you talk about a team that you know says they're getting it together, building momentum, finding good spots, you know, and all the game like this blows all of that out the window you can ignore Memphis
1: after a four-game win streak can't ignore this like what happened with the Lakers against Sacramento tonight was unacceptable like Mm -hmm. not even in terms of like you're the Los Angeles Lakers like we expect more no it's like looking at this pragmatically in terms of where you are in this season and the games that you absolutely have to bank as wins like it is unacceptable this result tonight yeah. And you and you mentioned the the defense like, the, it's one thing we've seen with the Lakers to give up points in transition when they turn the ball over, but this was really a nightmare I mean there were a lot of areas where the defense failed. There were there were corner uh, threes left wide open. There oh, were two, guys yeah, getting, bad communication pick and roll.
0: They got buried inside the, off the all, dribble.
1: Pick all of it. But one aspect that was for me at least really infuriating to watch and really frustrating was how many times Sacramento was able to get scores either running or in semi-transition off Laker misses Mm -hmm. where it just this was this wasn't really Sacramento having any particular type of advantage necessarily other than just creating it and LeBron actually said in this game during the third quarter where things really started going off the rails and they started getting sloppier as a team. Yeah, but it's worth noting, the Lakers were up by six at halftime. Yeah. He said that Sacramento's tempo for them in the third quarter was just too much. And a lot of that was them really just starting to make it a track meet off the Laker misses. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a lot. Like they're, as much as this team has, in certain respects, a defensive ceiling, particularly with Anthony Davis not there, some of that is just get your ass back. Like, just get your ass yep. back.
0: It, it, this, the, you look around this box score, and you know, you mentioned turnovers, Andy. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a problem. Wasn't a nope. problem on Wednesday. They turned the ball over nine times, and as crappy as Russell Westbrook was, and he was bad on Wednesday. He only had one turnover. Um, you know, you look at free throws. Well, Sacramento you know, they shot 19 free throws in the night. Lakers shot 24 and it was on, it was in the game was in Sacramento. They had five, I think at halftime. Um, you know, you look at offensive rebounds. Well, that wasn't a huge problem. They, You know, Sacramento had eight. It's not a, you know, crazy amount by you know, Lakers standards. That's incredible. Right. And the Lakers had seven or excuse me, eight more free, nine more free, nine more field goal attempts than, than Sacramento did. It's like, there isn't anything about the way that the game broke where you can point to one thing. What you can point to is fifty-five percent from Sacramento. For this, they didn't need extra shots. They didn't need all this stuff because they made all of them. No,
1: extra and shots would have been gauche.
0: I, it, I mean, really, it's it's they they need to bank that kind of stuff because Lord <laughs> knows you know they can't use it all up in one in one session. And so like, you know, when you, and we'll get to LeBron here in a second, because there were some distressing things out of LeBron for a guy who had 34.7 rebounds and six assists uh, on the night. Um, Nothing he did wrong, but I'm just, we're, you know, reading the tea leaves here a little bit. He did wrong, but there could be extenuating circumstances, right? It's the extenuating circumstances, which we'll get to, you know, when you talk about like the Lakers, hopefully finishing in the top six, uh, we both had them at six uh, in our, in our predictions. It's predicated on winning games like this um, because they're currently eighth, and if it's imp- like they're going to make a playoff game in one form or another. Portland is tenth right now at uh, you know, and the Lakers are four games in front of them. Blazers. Just lost Damian Lillard for another six weeks. They're not very good. The Kings aren't very good. Like there's nobody chasing them for that tenth spot. They're going to make a playoff game, but if you care about them not being in the play-in, the- you just can't lose these types of games. They are they are enormously consequential um going forward and again the schedule just gets much more difficult um over these last now 40 games of the season um they're going to get even more difficult andy if lebron james just keels over from exhaustion and it looked like he might do that on wednesday let's talk about lebron
1: and fatigue next locked on lakers brought to you by prize picks laker fans you've been hearing me talk about prize picks for months have you signed mm. up yet no well you should, because Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy Made Easy. If you've not checked this out yet, you are missing out. You're going to love this app for NBA and mixed sport pick'ems. PrizePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players, as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers mixed sports entries. Like, for example, you could take the over on LeBron James points combined with the under on Kyler Murray completions. Just mix it up, have fun, make it weird, whatever. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And PrizePix is safe. They offer fast withdrawals. So go to prizepix.com today. Use the promo code NBA. Or go to the app store, download the app. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Again, if you are not playing Prize Picks, you don't know what you're missing. All right, Andy. Um, so LeBron,
0: the stat line is not in and of itself alarming. 34 points, 13 of 29. Not hyper efficient, but not terrible. Um, six rebounds, seven assists. I'm sorry, seven rebounds, six assists. He had a block shot. When you watched him play, though, and he was phenomenal early, uh, early in this game, you know, got the Lakers off to a really good start, as he has been doing uh, to try to keep them from having to play from behind, which was a problem over the first, you know, especially the first 15, 20, 25 games of the year. The second half of the game on Wednesday was the first time to me in this stretch where LeBron has been, you know, turned back the clock to Miami LeBron. Where, I, where he looked physically too tired to do it, too tired to carry the team on both ends of the floor Yeah, um, as he has been sort of doing over the last you know 10 games or whatever it is, um, he looked gassed. And yeah. if
1: LeBron is gassed, the Lakers have a serious problem. Yeah, I mean, there were a few areas where it was really telling to me. He took 12 threes in this game. And it's not because these were all heat checks. He was 3 of 12 from behind mm-hmm. the arc. And I would say somewhere between half to 75% of these threes felt like really settled. Like he was just getting to his spot immediately, wasn't making much of an effort to try to beat somebody off the dribble, you know, like try to even, even try to dribble a little bit and create a step back, anything like this. It just yeah. really was... Get himself to the three-point line, put up a shot. He got to the line ten times, which would seem like a uh, right, not, not an issue. Except he missed, missed five. five of them. Yeah, and you know, like you mentioned, the defense. LeBron was as guilty in this game as everybody else when it came to that. I I actually asked Frank Vogel um, about this after the game. You know, just given everything that LeBron has been asked to do over the stretch, how much he's concerned about fatigue as is an issue and you know, Vogel was very diplomatic about it um, and talked about how this is an ongoing conversation between him and LeBron and training staff, coaching staff. You know this This is something that they monitor. He checks in with LeBron about it all the time. And obviously, LeBron knows his body exceptionally well, and he has earned the right to dictate his own minutes. But what Vogel did not say in all of that was, no, I don't think it's an issue. Yeah. He talked
0: about body language and sometimes when you're you know you're getting beat up as a team you know it, it looks like fatigue is is actually just frustration or, which is true you know, yes i just don't think in this case but what <laughs> you said is exactly right he didn't actually say yeah. i don't think he's not tired yeah i don't think whatever
1: i don't know, think he's he, tired
0: yes um thank you um double negative alert the here, here's something that I thought was interesting because I agree like the fourth quarter, especially like you could tell there were a couple moments where like LeBron wanted to, oh, God, it's the settling open three, but I got to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim Cause I'm too tired to put it. Get, I know my three isn't going to get there. And he didn't have, but he didn't have the energy to get you to finish at the rim either. And he was kind of caught. There was a moment I, I mentioned, I was watching the game, the first part of the game while my, my son was at soccer practice. I'm watching on my phone, by the way, shout out to technology. Um, and listening to the broadcast with Stu Lance and Mike Trudell, they were talking near the end of the first quarter, um, Mike on the sidelines and Stu in you know in, in the booth or whatever it is, the table, about how LeBron has really mastered the art of playing too empty, playing too fatigue um, in each one of these little stretches and that he plays. And so it was near the end of the first quarter, and Stu pointed out, like, you know, oh, I think we've hit fatigue Because that was when LeBron left a three very short, got to the line, missed two, both short, I believe they were. And Stu made the point, like, I think he's tired now and is probably going to come out of the game. And he did. I don't really think he got it back. And, you know, the Lakers are in a really dicey spot right now, as we know, just in every way, shape and form. But they've been carried over the last few games by LeBron. And these sort of supernatural performances that he's been putting out there, MVP caliber performances, um, where he sometimes gets help and sometimes doesn't. And at the beginning of this stretch, it, they weren't even winning any of these games. I I, I, I don't know what the alternative is, Andy, but if, if he shows any signs of cracking or slipping or whatever, when the Lakers start to, it's going to be another couple weeks before ad is back i don't know what they do because the games get harder and it's not like they got like a great backup plan if lebron can't be an MVP guy
1: i don't know i mean it's a really tough spot for them to be in i mean obviously if ad can come back basically around that four week mark where he was where they said he was going to be reevaluated and that is coming up soon Mm-hmm. And let's just say that Anthony Davis comes back uncharacteristically early from this. You know, maybe you give LeBron a night off, you know, something like that against a team that you think Russ, plus January a- 21st against Orlando. Yeah. I mean, something like that. I mean, we're just Russ plus AD plus the other guys should be enough to get it done. You know, like or, maybe, or you know, pick. They got a back to back, the twenty seventh, the twenty eighth at Philly at something, Charlotte.
0: Pick one of those. Sit them something down. like Another that. back to back, February second and third.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there are back to backs where one team looks more beatable than the other, have him sit during the beat. You know, the beatable one. I I don't know. I mean, LeBron is not one to do this voluntarily. So it's either going to take a lot of really good persuasion from Frank Vogel, the staff, maybe Rob Palenka, or it's just going to be LeBron recognizing like, look, even I occasionally need to sit. It goes against my aesthetics and my ethos and whatever. But it's funny, like uh, you you had an interesting tweet um, in reaction to LeBron talking about this. Um, that, that basically he's been accustomed to carrying a heavy workload, right? He played
0: 40 minutes. tonight. I believe he's fourth
1: in the league right now in minutes per game. Yeah. He's, he, I'm not surprised. I mean, during this stretch without AD, he's playing a lot and he said something along the lines of, he's been accustomed to this for like 20, for 20 years. years to which you responded, I think rightly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said I, I tweeted out like the fact that he has been accustomed to this kind of workload for twenty years is precisely the reason you would be concerned about it because that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, you you made look. I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers got great performances tonight from Malik Monk. Um, he you know twenty two points, seven rebounds, three assists, two block shots. Like, it's you know he had a bad game against Memphis. You know, joined the club. Um, But like, you know, I, I, he was my X factor for the second half of the season. Like if he, if this trend continues and Malik Monk is just a legit offensive force for the Lakers playing now, I think increasingly more competent defense, more consistent defense. Austin Reeves had his consecutive uh, now high point games for his career. He was seven to 10 from the floor. He had three rebounds, 19 points, but more importantly, Andy, I think he drew like three or four offensive fouls you know against him. I uh, mean he he, he was some, like he was like hillbilly Lowry out
1: there. He, he was just, just drawn charges.
0: He had you know he had kind of an I, I I'm trying to think of the right comp here like peak auto porter where he's not necessarily outstanding at any one thing but can do about 12 things on the floor really well. Um it's like know, a he,
1: pattier type.
0: Yes a good comparison something just one of these guys who just does every LeBron said it after the game he doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, he had a great play in the first half where he went up and contested on a screen and roll. Recovered after uh, you know, uh, after a switch against I think it was Metu or somebody significantly larger than yes, him. Yes, yes. You know, it just he doesn't make mistakes, and he is playing. He played 28 minutes on Wednesday, and he's going to be playing a lot of minutes going forward. So, like you know, there was a little bit of help from the supporting cast. I thought Thd at least in the first half was was pretty strong. Didn't do much in the second. Mm. Um. Yeah, you know, but I, I thought
1: he was very good in about the first six or seven minutes and then from there it kind of went downhill. Yeah,
0: and, and that you could say that about a lot of guys. You know, yeah. The first half was good and the second half was just not. But ultimately, Andy, this gets to Russ. And um, you know, we've been kind of there are other things we can talk about. We'll maybe talk about Dwight tomorrow or Stanley Johnson or some of the other things they've got to figure out. Um, but a lot of Wednesday's game really can be pinned to Russell Westbrook. And uh, it was a terrible game offensively. He is in a deep slump um, offensively. Um, And so there's a lot of bad, but there was at least one silver lining that came out
1: of Wednesday's game. We'll talk about all of that stuff next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline wants to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. To take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online the fastest easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the games start really quick brian before we get to russ um just wanted to make sure that we noted for everybody listening because we didn't at the top of the show carmelo anthony missed the game mm-hmm. tonight due to lower back uh tightness he was considered like a true game time decision and ultimately didn't play hopefully the fact that he was a game time decision means that come Saturday against Denver where they'll be available. You know, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to need him, but uh, it's something to keep uh, your eyes on. And we'll obviously give updates if we have them.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, the Lakers it's the Lakers are at all hands on deck and it does leave Andy. Russell Westbrook is the only Laker who is uh capable this year of playing all 82
1: games. That is not intended <laughs> as a threat. <laughs> oh God. I feel like, I feel like such a jerk, even going there because it's something that you should be celebrating Russ for yes. doing. And the way this season has often gone, and specifically the way fans feel about him, that feels like Russ actually giving double middle fingers He's trolling to the fans. He's trolling yeah.
0: fans by being available for every game. Like,
1: I, I i don't I don't like even having to frame it that way, but you're <laughs> it's, right. It's not pleasant.
0: It's the ultimate troll. um yeah. all right. so Westbrook, let's let's look this over, Andy. He has, by my count, uh, one game in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, where he was over 50% from the floor. Uh, that was the 5 of 10 game uh, when they beat Portland, uh, the the blowout win over Portland. This year, uh, in, in the year, calendar year, he's gone 7 of 16, 7 of 19, 4 of 14, 2 of 12, and on Wednesday, 2 of 14. So in his last three games, we're looking at 8 for 40. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, it's not a terrible, it's not even a good batting average, really. Like, if you were if this was baseball, um, and so you know, um, it has gone south for Russ from a shooting standpoint. I mean, I don't know what your least favorite sequence was in Wednesday's loss. Mine <laughs> was, uh, at the end of the third quarter when Russ, I guess, sort of understandably takes the two for one pull up three but then kind of poses there. Like, is it going to go in? Meanwhile, I believe it was Barnes or someone leaked out or his buddy healed leaks out. Um, And while Russ is looking, and of course, they don't get back in transition, and so they give up the easy bucket. Then, in the next possession, Andy he dribbles into a double team, turns the ball over, and that turns into a buddy heeled three. So there was five points right there. Uh, that was my least favorite. Others though might point to that three-pointer he took uh, with one minute left in the shot, uh, one minute left on the clock, and the Lakers. I think only down by four at that point.
1: Yeah, uh, Frank Vogel was asked about that after the game, what he thought of it, if he was okay with it, and he said that he needed to see the tape. Um, you yeah, had a lot uh, of that. There's a lot of I'm going to need to look at the tape. <laughs> I, I feel very comfortable, not even without even trying to do any reporting about it, nosing around a little bit, I feel comfortable saying Vogel was unhappy with it. Um, I don't and, think he liked that possession at all. As, as I, I don't tweeted think out, he did. As I tweeted out during the game at Cam Brothers, this game could have gotten Russell Westbrook a statue in Sacramento. <laughs> That's terrible. (laughs) But am I wrong? (laughs) No, no. I mean, it and and, you know, it just Russ to and this is something we're gonna get into anyway. Like they they apparently played the uh foreigner song Cold as Ice uh while introducing Russ. He didn't notice it, uh he said, but uh he actually thought it was really funny. He had kind of a gallows humor about the whole thing. Um well, I mean he he, he, this is I think what you're getting at, like.
0: Normally, I mean, look, there are a lot of games where it's like, you know, the let's blame Russ for everything ethos that Lakers fans have developed, I think, is a little can be overwrought. Like, not everything oh, yeah. is his fault. Um, sometimes he's not even really doing anything wrong. It's just the team has been incredibly frustrating. He's not been, he's been, you know, not met expectations. That's not my point, but it's like he symbolizes so much about what has gone wrong about this season, even when it's not technically his fault, his presence. Okay. Um, meat is
1: meaningful, but okay. it's funny you say that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was co-hosting uh, 710 ESPN Radio with a uh, former Super Bowl Ram champion, Demarco Farr, and we got a call, and I transcribe, I listened back to this and transcribed it because it was so perfect from a Laker fan about Russ, and he said it, he reminded he he's reminded watching Russ of Jim Carrey's character in The Mask. And he said he acts good, but then the mask comes on, like when he's going for the layup, and then the mask comes on, and he wants it so bad, and all of a sudden some kind of mental thing in his head is tricking him from everything he wants to succeed at because he's working hard, he's giving it his all. He, I just feel like he has to get that mask off. That is perfect, That's Brian. That's a pretty, because, good, pretty good pull. Okay, it's great because beyond that, Russell Westbrook also, he's a whirling dervish. He is very loud on the court. He's a very flashy, colorful dresser, like the mask. Do you remember, Brian, one of the mask's uh, catchphrases? Uh,
0: there's a lot I don't Somebody
1: remember. stop me! Yeah. <laughs> like, And that's the way Laker fans... Well, you were ready feel. to go tonight. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you? I, I, I was reminded of this. I, it just With Russ, there's so much dread in a lot mm-hmm. of ways watching him play that has really seeped in Yes. For fans
0: and and look, I mean, th- th- for all of what I was just talking about before, like there are nights when it's like it's not Russ's. It's, this was not one of those. It was a lot of this was Russ's fault. He sucked, genuinely sucked. But I will say, there's an before we go. If you're looking for a silver lining, most nights when Russ doesn't play well, and there have been a few, um, he shows up to the post game media. To his credit, will always speak. Or at least show up. I, I was going to say he'll show up. N- yes, usually he's looking at his phone. He'll usually sit at, at that doing, table. He'll sit at the table, but he's looking at his phone. He's dismissive of reporters. He doesn't answer, and he doesn't take a whole lot of account. It's very defensive. It's look, you know, you're looking at the box score, but I do ten other. You don't know basketball. I'm doing ten other things. Blah blah blah. And we've seen it. Wednesday night, he was both conversational with people who asking him questions, acknowledging the fact that he's playing terribly you know in a, in a slump can't hit a bleeping shot as he said um but also kind of accountable and 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 all of that and i i joked before he came out I was like do you think Russ is going to talk if he does i expect him to have at least three cell phones and wearing one of those oculus you know vr you know machines um he didn't do that he was his mood was better his accountability was higher Yes, And I think that's that's a good sign. I don't know what it means if he's going to start playing better, if he can
1: play a good game on Saturday, but it's better than the alternative. Absolutely. I mean, I've talked a lot over the last few weeks during shows about how Russ's overarching mood is something that concerns me. I think he's been growing very frustrated and unhappy with his role, the way he's being used. I think he doesn't feel that he is being used correctly. Um, or to the best of sort of his powers on the court. You can agree, disagree with it, whatever. It doesn't really matter in certain respects. What matters is how he feels about this. And and I'll say, I was texting back and forth uh, before the game with somebody else who covers the Lakers. And this person had the exact same reaction I've been having over the last few weeks, particularly remember the last Russ press conference when Dave McMenamin tried to ask him that question, comparing him, really trying to get a comparison to him and Ja Morant, get him to just talk about Ja. And Dave started the question with, as a point guard. And Russ laughed in a way that made me think the reaction was, I'm not even being used as a point guard. This person that I was talking with had the exact same interpretation of it. Interesting. So um, I think this is very good. I think it's actually... I don't like you, Brian. I don't know what it means in terms of on the court moving forward, but in terms of just being concerned about Russ kind of going to a dark place, I I was very encouraged by this. Yeah. And I don't mean to I don't mean to
0: say that, you know, to use this as a thing you know, like it was, something, it was something, Russ was terrible. He has been terrible for the last, you know, the, the, that upward peak that you know, moving that he was he was making for a few weeks, where he really was one of the better players on the team, has stalled in a big way, and he's regressed. Um, but uh, and and that is more important, like his actual on court performance, which has been terrible uh, of late. But it, you know, this is one less thing, and in a season where a lot of the bad stuff is piling up, this would have been an even worse thing. That we yeah, we'll talk more about it. I got a lot of text today about, you know, what to do. Like, is he playable? Can you pull, put him on the bench and all this? So maybe this is something we can talk about uh, for Friday's show heading into, a, you know, an important game against Denver. But um, Lakers got a lot on their plate, and this was one of the worst losses of the season. So anything that even seems kind of positive to come out of it um, is worth noting. That's a – God, that was a terrible game. Oh, my God. They should be ashamed of themselves. Um, as mom would say, disgusting. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll be back on Friday. Uh, get you ready for Saturday's game and the the big game on Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, always a big day in the NBA. I want to thank everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody Friday.